Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Monica Packer, and you're listening to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. Over the years, a topic that we have come back to quite often is intuitive eating. To me, intuitive eating is a way of viewing and eating food, and it's one that changed my life. But it's also something that took a lot of time to learn and to implement with confidence. For me, that confidence can slip up sometimes, and I can almost always count on feeling a little insecure when it comes to food during the holidays. I'm sure you can relate, but I tend to find the holidays to be filled with really fun and celebratory food. But alongside of all of that, there seems to arise an increase in food fear, diet talk, and even my own lingering patterns of restriction and earning food like to pop up. If you struggle with feeling confident when it comes to food and eating, especially during the holiday season, I invited my friend Megan Anderson on the podcast to help us leave that insecurity behind, or at least to better navigate it. Even as a nutrition expert that specializes in intuitive eating, Megan admits that this is something she still has to be aware of during the holiday season. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of person I want to learn from, someone who is well acquainted with the messy middle. 
Megan Anderson is a nutrition consultant that helps women make peace with food without dieting. Practicing intuitive eating freed Megan from years of restrictive dieting, which started as a 19-year-old preparing for a nationally televised competition. With 20 years of personal practice and a Bachelor's of Science in Dietetics, Megan is uniquely qualified to coach other women in this life-changing practice. Megan is a mom of five who lives in Utah, and she loves to garden in her free time and can almost always be found in the kitchen cooking something extra tasty. In this interview, we'll discuss why anxiety around food heightens during this time of year, what intuitive eating is and is not, how to approach feeding yourself with more confidence this holiday season, and what foods we're personally looking forward to eating the next few weeks. We'll get to all of that, but first, a quick break. Have you heard a lot about the do something list on this podcast and yet have found it hard to make your own? Or maybe you've tried in the past, but there just was something a little off about it that didn't make it as life-changing as it was for me and has been for many women in our community. I'm going to tell you right now that I am very excited to change how this list is working for you or to help you make the first list you've ever made. And I'm doing it all for free mid-January. I'm hosting a free and live Do Something List workshop. You can sign up right now so that way you do not miss it by going to aboutprogress.com slash DSL workshop. That link is really important because another DSL will take you to past workshops, which were helpful, but each year I tweak and I make them better and I make the guides better and it just gets better every single year. So to sign up for our DSL workshop that will take place mid-January, again, go to aboutprogress.com slash DSL workshop. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Megan Anderson, welcome to About Progress. Thanks, Monica. I've really loved being able to learn from you online about nutrition and in ways that really line up with my own values as well as my own experience and history. But, you know, I still can come to this point in the holidays, and I'm sure many women feel this way, where even though this time of year can be so fun, there's a lot of pressure and eating is just one of those pressures. So I wanted to start with the holdups that women face as they are entering the holiday season and why it's a pressure. It almost seems like our walls go down. So even if we've done a lot of work in trying to be better about paying attention to our body and its needs and not being swept up in diet culture, when we have so much on our plate, it's it's like some of those ideals and the skill sets we've learned go out the window. 
And suddenly we're back to like maybe where we were in the past where we're just overanalyzing food. We're getting anxious about the parties coming up. We're not sure how to handle them. We're not feeling confident. Uh, Anything else you can think of? I I mean, yeah, like if we're living in a perfect world where we're in control of all the variables and we're able to plan our meals and plan what time they're going to happen, nutrition and wellness is a no-brainer. But none of us really even have a single day that looks like that. So this is where flexibility within structure of taking care of ourselves comes, comes into play. And it's every day. It's a daily effort to make sure that we're still taking care of ourselves as we're juggling all the things. And then, of course, the holidays just Mm. adds that extra measure to it. So have you ever felt like the holidays made you more anxious in the past? And I'm not just talking about the to-dos. I'm talking about with eating and the parties that were coming up or like the food that was coming into the house and just feeling more anxious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for us to chat and putting myself in my shoes where I was probably a decade ago, maybe five years ago, when all those neighborhood gifts get dropped off on the doorstep and it feels like they all come at once in a way. And it's this overwhelming flood of the foods that you don't usually have in your home. Don't tell my neighbors. Sometimes I would just throw them away because it was too much, right? It was overwhelming. And I didn't know how to control the fear that I was feeling around having that much food in our home that we didn't normally have access to. And out of fear, I would say I, I started throwing it away. And things look different now. Um, it's not this free-for-all where um, we all just help ourselves as soon as the snacks drop on the doorstep. But we have some more, like I said before, There's some more flexibility within the structure of meals, snacks, treats in our home. But absolutely, I'd be lying if I said that it never caused anxiety for me before to have all the extra celebrating and food that comes with the holiday. Um, And I think I'd also be lying if I said it doesn't cause any now. Even as a nutritional professional, Mm -hmm. after the years and years of work that I've done, um, it's still... It's still something that I have to think about. I have to be intentional about. And it doesn't come really naturally. And when you say you have to think about it, you have to be intentional about it. Are you speaking more about you have to be uh, mindful of where your thoughts are going and maybe where you're drifting into anxiety? Or are you talking about the way many of us might uh, have done this in the past where we're trying to be careful and intentional, meaning like restrictive in a way that can just, you know, be also based on anxiety? Yeah, probably more more of the first, but because I've done so much work on the second. So okay. it's more like I have to put thought and effort into the meals and snacks that we're planning outside of the celebrating and outside of the gift. If I'm going to be able to have the freedom to eat all those wonderful celebratory foods that come, then I have to have like that baseline structure of nourishing meals and snacks along the way. Because that freedom of eating those celebratory foods kind of loses its joy when that's the only food that's really around, that's accessible. So if we're not having 
breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. And there's just a counter full of all the goodies. And that's what we're filling up on. It doesn't take too long before the, those foods are not satisfying and they're, they, they just lose their joy. So I want to get more into the how that you do this. I, I like the idea of a structure with flexibility and having yes. a peace of mind of this confidence and knowing how you are going to nourish yourself in ways that are a little bit more stable uh, in ways that also feel good for your body, but also making space for being able to have a, a desire to eat something and eat it because you feel like it and it looks good and it's something that you love to eat every year. But let's back up just a little bit because you're a nutrition coach that specializes in intuitive eating. And a lot of people equate that to a phrase I heard you say, free for all. And you actually said differently, like it's not just a free for all. So tell me a little bit more about what your philosophy looks like in terms of intuitive eating in general, but also uh, painting the picture of what that looks like, especially around the holidays. So my general philosophy, there's no one food, there's no one meal or snack that's going to make or break your wellness. And the way that I approach food is, like I said before, it's flexibility within structure. If we're going to have this freedom with food that I help women to achieve, there has to be options. There has to be options. There has to be access to meals and snacks that not only taste good to you, that are appealing to your senses, but that also feel good when you eat them. They feel nourishing. And if, if I were to entertain this idea of free for all, which I, I hear it all the time <laughs> with intuitive eating, um, I often yeah. hear, well, if I were to eat what I felt like eating, if I were to have freedom with food, then I would eat donuts all day because those taste amazing mm -hmm. to me. And that's what I want to eat. Um, yeah. But really, if, if we're going to achieve the true um, satisfaction and nourishment out of our food, we have to have access to foods that are satisfying and nutritious and nourishing. So it, it does require some planning. And this is where a lot of people will look at diets as really appealing, almost like a peaceful way to nourish yourself because we're coming from a place of chaos. The eating has become really chaotic for us. And so a diet looks like, hey, I'll actually be taking better care of myself as I plan nourishing meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And the, the problem that we sometimes get into is we get stuck on the specific food that a diet plan has offered or that a diet plan mm -hmm. says is okay or not okay. But intuitive eating looks at taking care of yourself in a similar way but without the restriction of specific foods that are good or bad. It's still planning breakfast and lunch and dinner and snacks. And it's still taking care of yourself in the beautiful way that feels so nourishing, but it's just not so rigid. There's not specific times where that meal has to happen and when it has to end.
everything you've said makes it seem more doable and less scary, including the fact that you're, that you, even as a nutrition professional are not immune to the anxieties we all can kind of carry coming into it. But that also doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. And it doesn't mean that you can't do it in a way that feels good. And, And it also doesn't mean that you can't pivot as needed. Like when you notice that you are in a free-for-all state, and but you're also not enjoying it and it's not feeling good, you're not tasting mm-hmm. it, so you can pivot back to a little bit of safety and some structure and then get back to that flexibility too. Uh, can you tell us more on what that looks like? Flexibility within structure. That's not something I, I have lived out with an intuitive eating as I've worked on this for a long time, but I didn't ever put that into words on what that actually looks like. It's not like for every meal, I'm trying to start over and say, well, what do I want to eat right now? I do still have that structure in mind. I never really realized I was doing that. So tell us a little bit more about that whole idea. So if we were to look at a hierarchy of our nutritional needs, or even just our needs with food, the very, if it was a triangle, the very bottom of the triangle is just getting enough to eat. And then it works up from there to um, eventually getting at the top where it's functional food. And sometimes a lot of us try to go straight to the top where we're trying to eat the right foods and the right quantity of mm-hmm. foods for our specific needs, you know, whether we have a health diagnosis or something else. But we forget that very base at the bottom is making sure that we're eating enough. And mm. It's really easy to get out of touch of what enough even feels like, especially um, in our society where it's, there's just so much, so many paradoxical views on how to eat and what's healthy and what isn't. So it's really easy to get out of touch. But if you can just start with a general rule that every two to four hours, you should be eating something. I just use the should word. <laughs> but If you are to be eating enough food, every two to four hours is the right amount of time. Um, Now, does it mean that that's a meal every two to four hours? What does that look like? Let's just do an example. So it's a school day. My kids go off to school. We leave the house by eight. Breakfast is around 730. My kindergartner is five, like just barely short. (laughs) He needs a snack before lunch. So he has breakfast at 730. He's got a snack again around 10 and then lunches at noon. And do you see how that's like every two to four hours? And then Mm -hmm. I actually need to pack him a snack between lunch and when he comes home from school. So he's eating again around two and then he's still coming home starving and he's eaten all of those things. Now, we aren't five-year-old kindergartners, but there's something to be said about the way that a child acknowledges hunger and the way that they feed themselves. And it's so much more fluid and natural. And there's no all or nothing. They eat when they're hungry. They stop when they're full. And there's something that happens as we grow up where we kind of lose that. And I think it's because of the voices that we've heard around us, not snacking in between meals, maybe, or that there's certain times when it's okay to eat and when it's not okay to eat. But I watched that little boy come home from school and he's usually really cranky, right? Like it's been a long day. He's been working really hard. He's tired and he's hungry. 
And so before we really do anything else, we feed the five-year-old. And then he becomes his happy self again. But how often as women do we forget that? We're just going, 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 taking care of everyone else's need. Motherhood is such a beautiful practice of serving and giving of yourself. Sometimes we give to the point where there's nothing else left to give. And I see it all the time with the way that we feed and nourish ourselves. We're actually just not getting enough to eat to be able to continue to give at our best. You know, it's fascinating, Megan, is when I first heard you talk about flexibility within structure, I went right to, well, what you're allowed to eat. And you flipped this for me a lot. So when we're thinking about structure as someone who is also wanting to be an intuitive eater, we're starting with that baseline or the base of the pyramid, like you said, of making sure we're eating enough, period. Mm -hmm. We're not going to rules. We're not going, although, you know, some of that functional side can come into play as I, I know, you know, as a, someone who helps people who have specific health needs that demand that they maybe eat differently because of diabetes or cholesterol issues or other things that are at play. Um, but anyway, I just love that that to me is a structure I wouldn't have realized as a structure. As I head into the holidays, am I making sure I am eating enough? Mm -hmm. And that's the structure. As we're going throughout our day, if we aren't eating enough, then that's when at the end of the day, typically is when those celebrations start, right? Or when the things are getting dropped off on your doorstep. So I think a lot of times where the anxiety and the stress comes with all those celebratory foods is that we haven't been eating enough leading up mm. to the foods. And then we feel fear and we feel out of control when those foods are presented to us because we just haven't eaten enough leading up to that. To me, that's where that that structure is, you know, it's just having that peace of mind that I have fed myself, I've nourished myself today. And I'm not entering this with this gnawing hunger. I have taken care of myself and now I can eat with joy and really pay attention to my taste buds and what I'm actually liking and what I'm not and be yeah. able to better have the control therein. Much more after a quick break for our sponsors. Another favorite topic on this podcast has been values and just how essential it is that we know what our values are and how they can guide what matters in our day-to-day -day lives. And one of my strange values is beauty. And I say strange because it felt a little superficial when I kept coming back to it. But as I've owned that, it matters to me that I make things beautiful, that I create things that are beautiful, that I notice the beauty in things it really just is a part of me that has always been there. And you know what? Shoes are no different, my friends. I love comfort. I have to have that. But I also love a good pair of beautiful shoes. And when the two are put together, now that really is a stuff of beauty. And that's what I found in Bionic Shoes. I have the Alfinas. It's a pair of Oxfords that have a little bit of a thicker sole. And I got mine in a black platinum leather. And they are so stunning and 
they feel so good on my feet, so much so that I wear them everywhere. And wherever I go, I get compliments. Where'd you get those shoes? I have my eyes on a few other pairs, including some loafers, sneakers, and boots. Things are getting snowy around here, and I would just love to have a good pair of boots that I can trudge all around town in and still feel like I'm wearing a beautiful pair, but comfortable shoes. You can try out Vionic Shoes and their exclusive Viomotion technology by using the code PROGRESS at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account, one-time use only. Again, that code is PROGRESS at checkout for 15% off. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was going to ask if there are any other pieces of that structure piece of the puzzle that they can be aware of as they head into the holidays in particular? I mean, as you were saying, as you were just talking about the way it can feel, as you do nourish yourself, eating enough, taking really good care of yourself, and then enjoying those celebratory snacks, it reminded me to make sure that you are in a mindset of just exactly what you described. You're nourishing yourself and you are taking the best care of yourself. And that's your motivation. The motivation isn't, I'm going to feed myself really well and eat really good so that I don't feel bad about eating the celebratory food. And also, I feel like we moralize ourselves, right? So I'm good. I've been bad today because I ate this. I mean, that's a lot of what we talk about over here at the parties or the neighborhood events or the family gatherings. Oh, I've been so bad today. I ate this. I ate that. Or Mm -hmm. I've been really good today. I've been really good today. So I have earned this. I mean, it will look the same from the outside, possibly, as you are feeding yourself nourishing meals throughout the day, and then you're going to the party and enjoying the celebratory foods from the outside. It looks the same. But what I'm more concerned about is your intention on the inside, because the negative self-talk and the negative talk around food starts with what we're thinking and where our intentions lie Mm -hmm. as we approach that food. So. Okay. If, if we're moralizing what we're eating all throughout the day, there's actually a lot of physiological things that that will do to kill your joy. <laughs> but also yeah. um, that will actually affect your health um, when the mind game with the food is so strong that you're not able to enjoy it. And it will actually cause physiological changes in the way you metabolize that food. Um, but if you can approach this self-care just the way that you described, where you're just caring for yourself and you are enjoying your food and getting joy out of it, stay in that mindset. That's the mindset I want you to be in. Okay, so with this structure, I'm just going to recap a little bit. The structure yeah. is to have one of the primary focuses being, am I eating enough? Yeah. And making sure you're doing that. The second part of the structure is mindset. It's having a mindset of the goal of eating to be about nourishment, care, and 
joy. I want to hear if you have any more things to to add here, but first, can I just say something? I have told, I've had this theory for years. I've had this theory that the times in my life that I am most anxious about food and I'm moralizing it the most have been the times where my body has not been at its healthiest. And even though like I'm eating the same foods as when I'm just doing what you said and having the same mindset of nourishment, care, and joy, and I can be eating the same things, but my body is different, like physiologically. And you just said something about that. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more? Because maybe this isn't just my theory. Maybe this is actual science. Like our the way we approach food can shift the way we metabolize it. Is that what you just said? That's just exactly what I just said. So I'm about to call all my sisters who I have told this to for years. Yeah, no, you're right, Monica. And this is this is where intuitive eating fits right into science of how we metabolize food. So when you are feeling anxious about food, or maybe you're in a particular season of life where your body's working on healing, and there, I mean, I'm thinking postpartum, or maybe during pregnancy or an injury, there are hormones at play that are trying to work to heal your body to take care of you. The human body is set up to survive. And it's a beautiful, innate gift that we've all been given to survive. And our body heals itself. The thing is, when we are at a state of pain or recovery, the hormone cortisol is elevated. And when cortisol is elevated, it actually suppresses the ability to digest your food It suppresses the ability for insulin to take sugar from your blood and put it into your cells to use as energy. It makes your liver produce more LDL cholesterol when you're in that state of stress. And the state of fight or flight, it's, it's a gift, right? When we need to run away from something really fast, when we need to fight the bear, when we need to uh, catch our kid as they're falling off of the chair, right? It's a gift. But when we're living our life in too much stress, in too much fight or flight, that cortisol, that gift actually turns into a bit of a curse and it's stopping us from metabolizing our food and using what we're eating to fully take care of our body. Fascinating. Okay. I... Yes, it does. And it actually is like, well, we should do a whole episode on this at a later date. And I and I know you teach this in a class too, a full like hour long class for people. But thank you yeah. for sharing that nutshell with us so that we can better understand like this isn't just about how you feel. It's about how things are literally metabolized in your body and that the way you view food is impacting that. Amazing to hear yeah. about that. You wouldn't think that having specific food rules or labeling food as good versus bad would really cause a physiological reaction in your body. But if if you're labeling your food as bad and you eat that food, what does that make you? And what does that do to your peace? It probably Mm -hmm. raises your stress again. And when your stress is raised, your cortisol is raised, and you're not able to fully metabolize your food the way your body is intended to. Okay. This is just so, so fun. It's so fun to to learn more about how this all works, you know? Uh, yep. is, is there any other 
tips that you would suggest for women who want to enter the Christmas season with more joy and confidence yes. and peace and fun around food? Yeah. And actually, Monica, this goes really well with what you've been sharing with your audience um, as far as Christmas and gifting and putting yourself on the list. How easy is it in the rush of the morning to make sure you've got lunches packed for your kids and that you've given them a really well-rounded meal to send them out the door, right? It's what we do. It's innate. How easy is it to do that for yourself as well? Are you on the list? Are you mm. setting a plate for yourself at breakfast? Are you at least taking them in the car with you as you're taking them? The feeling that you will have is so different when you're making sure that you are going right along through your day as you're taking care of your kids, that you're taking care of yourself as well. Hmm. So just that element of care. Can I care for myself alongside the other people I am caring for? Yeah. Yeah, I have five kids. And in the mornings, I have found myself falling into this habit of getting out five plates so that I can serve up their breakfast. And then it's like, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll eat when I get home. But you know what happens when you get home? It's like, oh, there's this and this and this and this. And before you know it, it's 11 o'clock and I have nourished myself zero. <laughs> and things are starting to unravel because I just don't have energy. So I've started getting out six plates and making sure that I am including my own self-care as I'm caring for all the people around me. And I just think that's such an excellent thing to model to your kids too. Uh, that's literally showing them mom has needs too. And I do my best to take care of them and include them as I'm taking care of your needs too. And I even do this when I'm, when I'm eating something in my, like I, I finally sit down at the dinner table and a child says, can you get me water? And I just barely lifted a fork to my mouth, you know, and they're all halfway through their meal. I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm starting to eat now, but you can go get your water. You can take your cup over and get the water. Or we have the picture at the table. You can, you can ask so-and-so to pass it, you know, just, just having that moment to model the, the care for yourself. Any other tips for them? Yes. Um, so the way that I've been presenting this is a lot of nourishing yourself throughout the day, leading up to when you'll have celebratory foods later. I kind of want to rewind that a little bit and say, look, there's no specific time of day when you can have the foods that yeah. the neighbors have dropped off or the leftover stuff from the party last night. Um, so maybe the cake that you got looks really great and you're wanting to eat that. If you can get in the mindset of it's absolutely available now and it's absolutely available later, mm -hmm. but also, yeah, what can I add? So instead of, no, I can't have that right now because I haven't eaten lunch yet, or I can't have the cookies yet because it's not time. You know what? Those cookies look really good. What could I add to that to round it out? Maybe I could add a glass of milk. Maybe I could add some cut up oranges or an apple to round it out and to make sure that you're still really nourishing yourself. Never would have thought of that. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yes, I can do that. I can I can eat a banana alongside my cookie or something like that. Just add to it a bit. Yes, because what happens? What happens when you do say, no, I can't have those cookies right now because it's not time or because I haven't had mm-hmm. breakfast yet? No. Well, what often happens is this helicopter eating, right? So I can't have the cookie, so I'm going to have a slice of cheese and some grapes. But that wasn't quite satisfying. So I'm going to have a piece of whole wheat toast with some peanut butter. And that wasn't quite satisfying. So I think I'm going to go for a smoothie. And then before you know it, you've had all those things. And then you enjoyed the cookie. And if you would have just enjoyed the cookies and added to it, what can I add to that? that food that's sounding really delicious to me, instead of I can't have that and you're helicoptering around, you will find that you're more satisfied and you're able to just move on and not fixate on that food that you've been restricting. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. And that also goes back to that satisfaction piece that you brought in, you know, having the mindset that food should be nourishing and an act of self-care and joy. Also, like it should, it should taste good. It should be satisfying. and. And that's okay if it doesn't, if it's not 7 p.m. Yeah. It's 2.03 and you you can have that. that. That's really freeing to me because that's one of the rules I still kind of carry around internally is, is doing that same thing. So Megan, we've covered some great tips for them. I've learned some new things that I, I'm really happy to have learned about. I have a, a final question for you, but before I do that, I have a, a one I want to slip in and that's what food are you looking forward to having this holiday season? Like, is there like this particular meal or dish or baked good that you always look forward to as you approach uh, Christmas? My answer might surprise you. Um, you know, we we have pumpkin spice things all year round. And oh, yeah, we actually um, like we have pretzel jello several times a year. If you're not from Utah, maybe you don't know what that is, but. Um, oh, I hope that doesn't kill the joy of your listeners, but uh, a lot of these celebratory foods that we have at Christmas time, we actually eat year round. So I'll just preface it by saying that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it just puts a whole different view almost. It, it removes the all or nothing like feast or famine sure. feeling of the holidays when you know that you can actually have pumpkin pie in July if you want. Um, yeah, but we do like, I want to answer your question. So we do, there are some traditional foods that we do have at Christmas, even though we have them throughout the year as well, but we've kind of, we've gotten really into Mexican food for Christmas dinner. So I make enchiladas. Yeah. I make enchiladas and I freeze the peaches off of my trees. And so I make a really yummy peach salsa. It's kind of like a pico. It goes with our enchiladas Ooh. and I always make horchata to go with it. So that's something that we look forward to every Christmas day. That's our Christmas meal tradition. Oh, I adore hearing that. And for me, I feel like so much of the joy of the holidays are certain foods I attach to it, like making homemade caramels, which I normally don't take the time to make. But like watching a Christmas movie and making caramels just feels like Christmas, you know, or having those cinnamon rolls Christmas morning after we've opened our gifts or before we've opened our gifts because everyone's starving. Um, those to me are things you I just look forward to that's, so much. That's the one that I probably missed. 
I probably only make cinnamon rolls twice a year. And Christmas is one of them just because it's so involved. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. Okay. So now let's go to our final question. And it's what is one small way listeners can take action on what they learned from you today? I want you to get another plate out of the cupboard. When you're feeding your kids, I want you to set a place for yourself. I feel like it's easy to do at dinner time, but can you try to do it for all the meals of the day and all the snacks? Mm. Get another plate out for yourself. Or if you eat your sandwiches off of a napkin like I do so I can save a dish, that's fine too. But set yourself a, a place and continue to nourish yourself just as you would your kids. That's a great challenge. And not just for everyone listening, for me too. I'm realizing just, you know, I'm like, I got to get them to school. I'll eat when I'm back or I'll I'll eat when I'm doing this later. But nope, that, that's a really good way for me to make some small shifts in my life. So thank you for sharing that. I would like to direct people to anything that you would like them to um, know about, where they should go. What would you say? Yeah. Well, I'm most active on Instagram. So follow me there. It's MeganAnderson.Nutrition. Anderson is with an E. <laughs> and I don't know when this will air, but I do have master classes. So just watch my Instagram. And that is my favorite format to show up to teach. It's really hard to teach nutritional concepts in real and even 10 minute lies Q&A. But the longer format of 60 minutes is just my favorite. So watch for those on my Instagram. Cool. I'll make sure they look out for those and follow you on Instagram. We'll link that all in the show notes. And I will add, though, that your reels, even your shorter content, is really valuable and really helpful. And I've enjoyed watching your live replays, too, where you take on a different theme and really dig deep into it with people's questions. Thank you for all you're doing, Megan, and for taking the time to be on the show. Well, thank you so much for asking me, too. This was really fun. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to. And those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, there are many reasons we can feel anxiety and insecurity moving into the holiday food and eating scene, including lingering food rules, more food and different varieties than we're normally used to, less predictability around eating, increase in diet talk, and more. Number two, intuitive eating isn't about having a free-for-all all day, every day. It's flexibility within structure. That structure starts with ensuring you are eating enough and not moralizing food. Number three, with the holidays, be sure to be feeding yourself well and often. Look forward to and enjoy the more holiday-centric food items and carry the mindset of what food is for, nourishment, care, and joy. And number four, remember all foods are available at all times, but when you have more celebratory and fun food, regardless of if it's the holidays or not, consider what you can add to those foods to round them out a bit more. Your do something challenge for this week is when you're feeding your family, feed yourself too. And Megan said to include those 
with snacks. So let's do that advice. And if you do it, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at hello at aboutprogress.com. You can also direct message me on Instagram. I so love connecting with you there. And it's just been really nice the last few months. I feel like it's almost been back to the golden days of Instagram and our community was one of the most engaged ever for like a very small following. And it's been feeling that way again. So thank you for all that you're doing to create that community environment there on Instagram. We have big things coming up soon, including the free do something list workshop happening mid-January. Be sure to sign up at aboutprogress.com slash DSL workshop. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Um, so can we, I'm just hit a quick pause here. Were there any other tips that we have not hit on for you? Oh. Yes, there is okay. one more. So I'll I'll direct us back to that. Okay. okay. Any other tips, Megan, that you have? So I'll start say that one more time again. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.